1: Welcome, as always, to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. We are at, drumroll, the final
0: episode of
1: season one.
0: My God, the final episode of season one, Talk Tuners. Holy shit. Episode 16. This is Stephanie Pena here. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all the support um, for this season. It has been quite the ride, and we're not done yet.
1: We're not done yet. Tuck Tuners, is Stephanie Myers, in case you're wondering. We're just feeling grateful for you guys this season. This year, you know, we're yes. at the end of season one. And this month is Thanksgiving. So without being cliche, just wanting to say I'm feeling really grateful. This has been such a ride. Don't worry, we're coming back. But for this season, we just can't thank you enough for listening, for coming back to listen. And we're grateful to be a member of the Pantheon Network. So this year has just been incredible in so many ways. And I just really want to express my gratitude for that. So yes, this is the final episode of season one, Stephanie and Stephanie talk tunes. Please don't worry because we'll be back for season two on Wednesday, January 5th in full force. We're very excited.
0: (laughs) We're thrilled about
1: that. We're planning really fun things for you guys for the new year, but we hope you enjoy your holidays. And in the meantime, We're also going to be guesting on the Song Facts podcast. We'll be talking about our favorite holiday songs on an episode there. So definitely be on the lookout for that. We will be publishing that on our social channels too once that episode goes live. So we're excited about that. Wanted to give you guys a taste and just feeling good this November.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Un gracias to everybody. You guys are the best. Um, today, for our last episode, we are here to talk about my favorite hair metal band, Poison, and their top 40 hit, Talk Dirty to Me, which is the second single off their first album, Look What the Cat Dragged In, released on February 18th. 1987. I'm not going to say how old I was. I should not have been listening to this song in 1987. We'll just say that, but whatever. It is what it is.
1: going to say stephanie it is kind of hilarious even though you've told me many times about how young you were listening to -hmm. these various bands oh why was i why was i listening to these bands at this age which is very funny for a band like poison which has Mm -hmm. such a reputation for embracing all the rock and roll excess as it were Yeah, that's hair. There's no getting around it, folks.
0: Poison is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and a whole lot more sex. That's what it's about. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, uh, I, you know, I was, I learned quick. I mean, there was these pretty men dancing on, you know, MTV (laughs) with all glammed out and their hair, and I was just like, oh, I want to look as good as these dudes. Look at them. (laughs) Anyway, it's just fun music. So, can't wait to talk about it. Poison's a bunch of fun stuff, and you've done some really good research about their history. So let's rock and roll, man.
1: Poison is a lot of fun. And they know it, which I appreciate. Yes. They kind of, they get it and they know it. But I'm so interested in them as a band. They have such a legacy related to mm-hmm. the 70s glam rock movement and just the history of glam rock. Poison comes from all that. There are these amazing bands, Slade, Sweet, Mud, of course, Bowie, especially in some of his eras in particular. Um, And then T-Rex and Roxy music as well. But really deciding, hey, we're going to take a page from what was happening in that era, from that aesthetic, and really say, how do we translate this to where we are now in the 80s?
0: They were so
1: good about their image and knowing they had to play that image for what was such then become this visual medium, this aesthetic forward look that they needed to set for MTV. Right. Right. And talk about these videos that were the most custom made thing you could have brought forward for MTV at that time. They knew it. And that's what was incredible. And they knew, hey, we can market ourselves for this burgeoning era. Exactly. Exactly. And they have great company, too.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this was the time of MTV. This was the birth of MTV. So, yeah. I mean, what better way to market yourself than with a kick-ass video and really, really step up and be like, yep, we are definitely, uh, you know, we're glam, but we're trying to go metal, trying to be a little hard. It was just, it's interesting anyway. um, Steph, I know you have much more to say, so please.
1: I just, I love, I love them, right? Because they are that much fun. I know I would, you know, consider you the expert about them, but I love them because I think they knew how to embrace the time and play with it. And that's why they were so huge. And Mm -hmm. I will just say as a nerd about the rock history and where that came from, where they came from, thinking about, okay, where they come from in the context of these movements, I was reading, there's this really interesting discourse Mm -hmm. about kind of Poison being the heirs of the glam metal movement, which some say, hey, glam metal as a genre, they argue that that started with T-Rex and they're... Ilk those bands all the way back to early 70s so just Mm -hmm. thinking about how there was this subgenre before it was technically ever coined thinking about the evolution of metal thinking about Mm -hmm. where that came from and saying okay glam metal some people just say okay we're glam rock either way they're really amazing and I so appreciate as listeners may know from listening to previous episodes showmanship yes and poison had it in droves poison had it in droves and it's so on the nose and so great.
0: Yes, 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 absolutely. So let's talk about a little bit about, you know, just hair metal in general, just being a subgenre, because I am a metalhead. So I listen to, you know, tried and true metal starting from Sabbath, you know, Led Zeppelin's considered metal as well, um, you know, down to Satyricon, or going into death metal. I, I run the gamut. But this subgenre of hair metal, I always find kind of funny because it is, to me, it's it's just glam. It's glam rock. So I definitely side more on the fact of this being along with the company of T Rex um, and bands of you know of that caliber, just fun rock and stuff. Because metal to me is just it. it, it, it I am not going to see Poison open up for Slayer. Let's just be real, because ain't nobody going to go. I know I wouldn't go. I'd be like, no, hold on. There's just some people you just don't put together. So, but back in this day um, when MTV was out, they just got kind of pushed into this new subgenre of metal um, hair metal and, um, the, like, who's Poison? So Poison, Brett Michaels, the singer, C.C. DeVille, the guitars, Bobby Dahl, the bassist, Ricky Rocket on the drums. I had mentioned they were in good company because in this subgenre, you're going to find, um, other bands that you may resonate with well from back in the day that weren't as flashy as Poison, such as Cinderella, Skid Row, Motley Crue, but it's definitely Motley Crue is, um, flashy, but... The crew is more metal. So, I mean, we can get technical here, but for me, you know, for me, regardless, if we need to categorize poison and, um, you know, Cinderella, skid Row, slaughter, all those folks, they were glam because why? Because of their look, they would wear, they would have long hair. They would, some would, you know, delve into makeup, um, and wear you know, wear it proper like a woman, I put that in air quotes, definitely air quotes, um, but, you know, be flashy with their garments on, their sta- on the stage, a lot of spandex going on. And that really mimics a lot of what we would think as glam rock um, from the T-Rex era. So a lot of fun. Um, you know, as far as Poison themselves as a band, I mean, everybody I know who knows of Poison, you say Brett Michaels, you know who the fuck you're talking about. You know, these are household names. Even if you just watched them, um, what was it, VH1, Stephanie? At Brett Michaels had that that love show or what was yeah. Rock of Love. Thank you, Rock of Love. So CeCe Deville is known across the um, you know, the uh the rock industry as just a badass guitarist because he really is. He's very talented. Um and here's a fun fact. So I Cece's my favorite, but I just learned that Slash, who is the guitarist for Guns N' Roses, um, which was also big at this time, and is not glam by any means. They are rock. But um, Slash actually auditioned for Poison, but C.C. was chosen because of his fire. He came out and he was crazy. I mean, you watch, you know anything about Poison, you've seen them live, you know this dude is all energy, but check this out, no one really liked him. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're all brothers now, right? But you think back, in, it's the 80s, era of excess, so there's definitely... Again, the sex, drugs, rock and roll. So I'm sure that played a part in it, right? So I'm that behavior, no one really liked to be around CC. Maybe things got a little bit crazy, um, <laughs> but sure they did, right? Because that's the kind of image that they portrayed. That's what you expected. So yeah, totally. it, it, it's like, it's the pinnacle of the 80s time. It's like, yep, sex, drugs, rock and roll, we go crazy. We don't care, um, you know? So, you know, these bands, I was listening to them at a very young age. I bonded with my cousin's with these songs, you know, these bands. I mean, that's what we did. We'd all hung out at like, you know, our grandma's house or each other's houses and yeah, man, you got the new poison tape. Yeah. Let's put that on. Okay. We're going to rock. You watching MTV. Yeah. Have you seen a new video? This is so cool. Right. You know, we talked about fandom in the last episode. Like I'm a, I was a super big fan of poison. I mean, that's to the point where I was literally getting the jean jacket and the patches and iron them on, you know, ironing the poison patch on and, Oh, my God. Anyway, craziness, craziness, craziness. Um, And I will say this, that as far as Poison goes, most people will probably be more um, in tune and familiar with Open Up and Say Ah, because that's where, like, the ballad Every Rose Has Its Thorn comes from. That's what really made them big. But they did have some really good commercial success with their first one, Look What the Cat Dragged In. Um, And there is funny. As far as, like, their songs, I'm sure everyone knows Nothing But a Good Time. Ain't nothing but a good time. It's a running joke between me and my brother that that song's going to be played at my funeral. I mean, come on. What? <laughs> better
1: song than that? I would love to see how that is incorporated, but please don't do that too soon. Please don't do that too
0: soon. No, no, none of that. None of that. We just laugh. It's just funny. I don't even know how we got on that topic, but I had to bring it out in because it's like, that's how much I love poison. Uh, so in regards to, uh, we're here to talk about talk dirty to me. So, This song, definitely a very big commercial hit for them. But check it out, y'all. This had some legal action around it. So back in October of 2011, Poison was sued. In particular, CeCe DeVille was the highlight of this lawsuit um, for the actual plagiarism jacking of Talk Dirty to Me, Fallen Angel, I Won't Forget You, and Ride the Wind. These are all big songs. Heard them on the radio all the time. You go see them live. These are staples. So supposedly these songs were founded by Billy McCarthy and James Stonic, which are two members of former bands that CeCe was involved in pre-Poison. And these bands were Kid Rocker and Screaming Minis. Well, when CeCe went to go audition for these bands, McCarthy and Stonic actually provided DeVille with studio tapes of the songs completed. So he would use that for, you know, for his audition. And those bands did not take off. So according to McCarthy and Stonic, or Stonich, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, apologies there if I'm not, Cece took those band took those songs over to Poison and they made them hits. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Poison albums, I mean, those are those are the gems. Those are the big ones that I just mentioned. So okay, talk dirty to me. You know, crazy. So what happened with the with the case? Well, the court actually sided with Poison on this lawsuit. So McCarthy and Stonic were trying to get, trying to stop Poison from ever playing these songs again live. I didn't see much in my research about royalties or anything like that. They just really want them to stop playing their music. And check it out. The court actually sided with Poison. And from what I was reading, it was just because it took 25 years for, um, you know, for them, for Billy McCarthy and James Stonic to bring this to court. But I actually took a listen. To talk dirty to me, that was actually recorded by Screaming Mimis, a uh, excuse me. And holy shit, does it sound like talk dirty to me, poison? 100%. A hundred percent.
1: It's chat. I'm just saying,
0: like yeah. crazy.
1: It was insane. Crazy. So I took a listen to it on YouTube
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I could not believe it. Um, like you, Stephanie, I was like, how did poison win this lawsuit? It's got the lyrics, it's got the exact riff. And you think about, okay, where was, you know, CC's in the Venn diagram in between the middle of all this. Mm -hmm. But you wonder how did Poison win the lawsuit? I mean, people can do their own research because this is readily available on YouTube. They can listen to the Screaming Mimi's version. And you're like, oh, this is the overt riff. Like this is it. Okay. cool. The the lyrics too. Pony up. Yep. I was like, there's no way. And I really don't, I mean, they must've had just incredible intellectual property lawyers that brought them through this because it's very hard to believe that they won after this. <laughs> I know.
0: I know, because y'all check it out, dude. A hundred percent. And there is a clip on YouTube, I don't know, Stephanie, is this the one you saw, where Cece's actually playing with the screaming memes. So, yeah, okay, we saw the same one. Oh, my God, y'all, it's insane. I just, I took a step back. Still love them. It's still a Poison song. And actually, sure. I, was, I was wondering, like, how was this advertised on the liner notes? You know? I mean, yeah, guys, bringing it back. The liner notes, we're talking 87. And I'm like, it literally says that this song was c- created by all the members of Poison. I was like, oh, okay. So now you took this song, took out the ands but the buts and replaced the with we. I mean, I don't know. I'm just making shit up. But, <laughs> like, holy shit. Don't want to hone in on it, but that was a really, really surprising fact that um, I found out revolving, you know, this song. Something else aside from that, guys, um, if you guys remember the 1990s uh, post-hardcore band from El Paso, At The Drive-In, they actually got their name from the lyrics of the song. So the lyrics on the chorus says, At The Drive-In.
1: I didn't I'm know
0: that. In like the that. old man's Ford, yes. So nice. love me, love me some at the drive-in, love nice. me some of that band. And I had no idea that they got the inspiration <laughs> for their uh, for their band's name from that song. Makes it extra fucking
1: fun. Love it. Love it. Oh, that's love amazing. It. <laughs> that you know, it's funny because every time I hear somebody reference at the drive-in, like that is the lyric that comes in my head. But Woo! I had no idea. I didn't realize that they're like, no, we're gonna overtly. We'll just borrow this because we needed an homage. I appreciate that. Yes. Good for them.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be a bill scene at the drive in and poison? Holy shit, worlds collide, right? Hey, I'll be there. I'll be there. Sign me up. I go see that. Sign-
1: I go see
0: that. Sign me up. So one of the things y'all would talk during to me, Stephanie and I, um, what's a really big part of our friendship, we've talked about a lot, just vaguely, is karaoke. And this tends to be my go-to karaoke song. (laughs) Uh, What can I say, folks? Um, I like a song that will grab people's attention. Um, I'm a performer at heart. Didn't say I was good. (laughs) But, you know. And Stephanie, I mean, God, I I just remember the look (laughs) on your face the first time we went out to a karaoke lounge and I sang this. Do you remember that
1: first time? That's funny because it just seems so ingrained as a part of you, especially as as a karaoke performer, that I can't remember a time before (laughs) you doing this. Like, it's, guys, it's pretty epic when Pena does this, like, the venue just kind of stops and watches.
0: Okay, because first of all, man, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say that people stop because I like to reenact the video. So again, bringing MTV poison that whole era MTV was big is huge, right? So I spent a lot of time watching that video all the time and picking up the different scenes. So I'm like, well, fuck, if I'm going to sing this live, I'm going to go ahead and do as many of the moves that I can from the video without hurting myself. And hopefully people understand that I'm reenacting the video because I see it playing as day. But then again, I'm that kind of super fan. And I can do a real-life real play, play-by-play play to this day. I actually, I ain't gonna lie, I did it in my kitchen. I sang the whole song to Jeff while he was doing dishes before we started recording. I love this song. <laughs> and all its inappropriateness.
1: <laughs> it's just got a lot of energy. It's fun. It's custom-made, I feel like, for karaoke, too. Right. If you right. want to really take over a venue, people are like, oh, whatever. And I just can't stress enough. People just gotta stop. To do and be like oh this girl what is she what is she yeah. doing over here?
0: especially in new york right because in new york people are like singing all cool shit and i'm over here like yeah 1980s <laughs> hair let's just go back you know really like,
1: what the fuck is this <laughs> you right? love it you love it <laughs> it's only fun in karaoke if it's a throwback if you ask me if something has come out within the last couple of weeks, I don't want anything to do with it at karaoke. Mm -hmm. What kind of fun is that? That's not my jam.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta like, you gotta be there dusting off the CDs, the records, the tapes and being like, all right, (laughs) in your head, you're dusting them off in your head, going back and picking up those, those different, those lovely, uh, gems of songs that we would jam to but it's a lot of fun a lot of fun so yeah stephanie you have uh you definitely have some more info on the karaoke scene in general because it's no joke y'all new york is about no joke
1: it's no joke so i'm just gonna say i love to go through these laminated sticky ridiculous (laughs) books Mm -hmm. to pick out what i'm gonna do even though i always know what i'm gonna do as we've talked about in a previous episode i basically have a karaoke set because i'm hardcore.
0: He is, y'all, for real.
1: <laughs> so I always joked like, I got a Spotify playlist that I, it's just called karaoke in case I'm walking into a situation. I'm like, what do I do? How do you read the room? You got to read the room and pick your song. So my two. Stop, drop, and sing. Now stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> it's time. Like In case of emergency, break glass, but for karaoke. <laughs> I like, you. I don't know. What's this, what's this dive bar going to do? What's this slightly more, I don't know, classy lounge going to do? Read the room. How do I go about doing this? So, having said that, I have this, <laughs> I have this list for all occasions. But my top two, personally, go to ones are "Brother Love, Travel and Salvation" show by Neil Diamond. It's got a great spoken word in the middle. People really mm-hmm. rally around it. They really get behind you on that one. And also, Jewish Priest Living After Midnight." Everybody loves yes. it. That's no favorite. one expects it from me. Um, did it in Vegas last month uh my friend was there and she's like yeah this table just started talking to us they were like i didn't expect this coming from her what's going on like everyone had a lot of fun while you were up there i was like well good that's what i bring girl i mean like i remember my one
0: of my memories of you doing it was at sing sing in new york so it's on lower east side it's it's been around forever and um yeah, yeah i mean you belted i was like damn you surprised me i'm like Robert Halford would be like, "Hell yeah, that's my girl! You can totally go on <laughs> tour with him."
1: If only I could be as cool as Rob Halford, and if only we would run into him mm-hmm. at these amazing venues in New York. Mm-hmm. I always say the karaoke scene in New York is really its own ecosystem. I've it is. Yeah. done it around the world. I've uh, karaokeed in many spots, like nationally, but also just like. Globally, I kind of make a point of like, oh, whatever country I'm going to, like, let's karaoke. Uh, Even if it's not a thing there, which is even funnier, just find these out of the way places. But in New York, it's such a specific scene. It's such a great scene. The music journalist Rob Sheffield even has a great book that's just about the karaoke scene in New York. And it's so awesome. But I felt like, I mean, uh, when I lived in New York, I used to do karaoke almost every week for like a stretch there. (laughs) Everybody... (laughs) recognized me at sing sing i'd take uh i'd take different friends in there but they had a great happy hour and you could sit you didn't even need a private room so you could like sing at the yes. front and they were like cool you're here when it opens which was you know middle of the afternoon and we're like no yeah yeah we're going to be singing at you because the screen <laughs> we're just here sing the screen's behind the bar so you're singing at the bartender bartender <laughs> slash kj it was always great Sing Sing, I feel like, uh, was our go-to. There's the St. Mark's one and there's Avenue A. Avenue A was my longtime favorite. It's kind of frozen in time. It's like Amber frozen in time piece of perfect things. And it was, I feel, a great setting for Talk Dirty to Me and so many of these gems that we Mm -hmm, brought forth within that scene. And I just thought about all the karaoke you and I would go to it's usually for a celebration of some sort. We had some kind of thing to celebrate, so it really added to the mood. I feel yeah.
0: Well, and along with celebrating, I think that honestly, if you know members of Judas Priest or Poison were to hear our renditions of these songs, they'd be fucking proud. They'd be like, hell I yeah. Agree. So I mean, yeah, um, we need we need some acknowledgement because I think I do Brett good. You I know, totally
1: agree. I, I, do, I do it right. So I was was actually also just thinking like there's a now defunct venue that was, Mm -hmm. I think my, God, it was one of my favorites in Mm -hmm. New York for karaoke. It was off of Union Square. I believe the restaurant was called Lemongrass. It's in the basement of a Thai restaurant, but they redid it just for this karaoke lounge. It closed probably, it was a decade now ago, but I think there's going to be some listeners who remember this place because it was just perfect it was so great and i do remember i think that's actually the first time i ever saw you do this (laughs) and i think people came down from the upstairs restaurant when they kind of like oh hearing what's going on down here if i'm recalling correctly so it really (laughs) really brought people together with that one and again you were like swinging off a. there was like a banister or something you really had like four moves (laughs) going on like it was fairly incredible.
0: So, well, thank you.
1: One of my favorite thank venues, and definitely, really did that. You really did that venue proud. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That warms
0: my heart. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand, folks. That Stephanie and I have known for each other for a long time, but this whole karaoke thing was new for us. Like we didn't do that in college, and so I was just like, all right. I did karaoke a couple times with other friends, but it was never really a thing, and so. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty sure she just saw a new side of me. He's like, okay. I had, I was given a, um, a karaoke machine uh, when I was 10 too. That's really what I wanted for Christmas. So I feel like uh, it's been like this, this driving constant in my life, but it's funny because if you think of the history of karaoke, mm-hmm. it has only come stateside in, um, it was kind of early nineties. Cause there's mm-hmm. um, even a part of, they always say it's like, Oh, it's, referenced in when harry met sally but they don't even call it karaoke machine they're like look at the singing machine so it didn't even have people didn't even know what it was so really? i just think about karaoke as a culture and how it became so epic and it was yeah. just kind of funny
0: oh wow no i didn't even think about that um but yeah so if you ever found me at a karaoke lounge y'all you must you bet i'm gonna be singing and talk dirty to me and and also some other hair songs like cherry pie Warren. i mean i go there because it's entertaining so totally. um yeah i can't wait for us to sync up again stephanie i want to hear your go-tos and i want to do mine and uh, i want to. i want to win us free drinks you totally. know i mean that's what i'm uh, you know there's got to be some type of reward because totally cause, you know, we go out
1: there and perform we do we do and it was such a i just feel like poison is tailor-made for this type of karaoke so it would be remiss if we did not talk about how this feeds into our personal stories around this particular song and you know brett michaels if you're listening hope that we've done
0: yeah exactly exactly awesome well man i cannot believe we are wrapping up season one This is insane. Um, Definitely just want to give uh, my thanks again to everybody. Be sure to follow us on the socials. Look for us on the socials even more than this downtime. So we do want to be putting out some content, some Merry Christmas, some, you know, just something here and there. Don't want to lose touch with you guys. So please. Um, And then the socials, of course, you can find us on IG, Facebook, at Stephanie's Talk Tunes, and on Twitter at Stephanie's Talk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as Stephanie says, we'll be there full force content, even though you won't hear another episode till January, and we will be guesting on Sound Facts Podcast, which we're really excited about. Make sure you check out that holiday episode. We'll be sharing some information about that, too, on socials. In the meantime, we would love it if you could do a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts, literally mm-hmm. just have, tap it for extra points. could submit a few lines in the app about what you're enjoying about the show. It would mean a lot to us. And again, grateful for the listens. Also, if you're buying gifts this holiday season and you're looking to support a small business, we'd like to suggest Tiesta Tea. We've really been enjoying them lately, and they have a variety of tea for all tastes. Personally, I've really been enjoying the Nutty Almond Cream Tea. It's a really great one. So check them out. You can use the code STEF15 to get 15% off your order as you're getting gifts for folks on your list. That's the code STEF15. Just visit. TiestaT.com. That's like fiesta with a T, TiestaT.com. A bold T -t 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 for
0: a bold U. And last but not least, please check out our brothers and sisters on the Pantheon Network. Satisfy that music podcast craving. There are so many good podcasts on that network. Thanks for all the love. See you in season two.
1: Bye. See you in 2022. Talk Tuners. Love you. Bye-bye.